Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com South Connection, welcome to the temple and welcome back to Linking Up Luchas. I'm your host, Logan Croslin, and tonight I will continue linking some of my favorite people up with one of my favorite lucha promotions, Lucha Underground. Tonight I will be introducing two more people to and talking about the matches, characters, and drama that Lucha Underground has to offer. Joining me tonight are two of my absolute favorite people in the whole wide world. Uh, first off, <laughs> he is probably my most frequent co-host on many, many shows, and that's Jake Williams. How you doing, Jake? Student again. Student again. <laughs> uh, very happy. And we'll have to figure out who's going to be on this team, who's who's Striker and who's Vampiro. It's kind of like a Sophie's Choice. Well, uh, in our in our special show chat, you have named yourself Jake Pyro, so I feel like you have to be Vampiro. So. There you go. I'll be Vampiro. <laughs> we, we, we look similar, uh, both on the brink of death. So, which I hate. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> which I hate for our second person to have to be Matt Stryker, but I guess somebody has to be. But uh, she is the queen of podcasting and my co-host on Talking Docs and Cronoso, and that is Jennifer Smith. How you doing, Jennifer? I'm excited, boys. Man, uh, I don't know what I've got myself into. I listened to all of Seven Months of Danger. That was a fucking disaster on the show. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, let's do this. I'm like, I don't know. But okay, I can't resist it. A new promotion. A new thing to learn about, and I'm obsessed with wrestling, so you fucking got me. Um, and uh, then I found out Jake was going to be my partner, so I feel like mm-hmm. I like this team. Yeah, I felt like you you two fit really well together, and the other two, despite their uh, differences, <laughs> we'll say, uh, also fit well pretty well together. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have two pretty good teams uh, following this journey with me, and I'm uh, happy to introduce you guys to this as well as them. Uh, but tonight uh, we will be talking about the sec or the third and fourth episodes of the show from November 12th and 19th, 2014. Uh, but before we get started talking about the episodes, um, like last time I have a few questions to run through just some general thoughts on some things. And uh, b- before we hop into episode three, but um, Jake, I'll start with you. Um, since you were on YouTube roulette, uh, we watched a few matches for that from Lucha Underground. Uh, but before that, had you kind of heard of or seen any Lucha Underground before that? 
Um, I've not seen it, but I remember at the time it was getting a lot of buzz because I think this is at least like further enough where, you know, like wrestling podcasts are pretty prevalent and stuff. And I remember it, and I think particularly because it is based out of LA, I feel like that helped it a lot because obviously it's like the, you know, the entertainment capital or whatever. So I feel like I was getting a lot of buzz on like res- wrestling podcasts and blogs and that sort of thing. I never watched it because I remember at the time it was a little difficult. I mean, I didn't have the L Raid network uh, <laughs> in my neck of the woods. So it was, there really wasn't an easy way to watch, but I remember hearing kind of the hype for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think my parents got it on, um, on direct TV, but I, I moved out uh, shortly after that. And uh, that this was the first thing I really used uh, the uh, watch wrestling website for, because uh, I saw a few episodes and I was like, Oh man, I got to catch up on this and uh, check, check more of it out. Uh, so that, that was really how I started kind of diving into that, uh, that little bit of a world where it's not probably necessarily legal, but uh, it's there for people to watch uh, some, somehow. So, uh, but Jenny, kind of same question to you. Have you, I mean, I know you aren't on YouTube roulette with us, but have you ever heard of it or seen any of this stuff before? Uh, definitely not seen it before outside of, you know, like what they would do on WCW um, in the nineties uh, for, for Lucha stuff. Um, and then of course, modern day GCW has a strong Lucha component, but as far as this show, um, I've always kind of heard about it like as a thing that existed, but never really watched any of it. Um, and you know, it's, it's always like, the more I learn about wrestling and the different styles, um, I felt like it was time to like dive into this um, and do like a whole chronological watch. Yeah, I got you. And you kind of talked about the Lucha style uh, right there. That'll be my second question. How do you feel about the Lucha style in general? Kind of uh, what it brings to the table um, and what do you think of it as a, as a whole? I'm a fan. Uh, I like the fast pace. I like, um, I like the, like in one of the first and the match that we're going to talk about, how much size uh, comes into play as a luchador. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting um, because there's such a variety of sizes and, um, and always just like the um, physicality of it and the acrobatic nature of it. And that, I mean, I like it. I'm not going to say Sean's phrase because it gives me like, (laughs) Like taint warts when I think oh, about God. when I think about what he calls the style, I don't think it's <laughs> absolutely like out of pocket. But anyway, that's my opinion. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna say that. But this team is far too cultural to use terms like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Sean, Sean lives out of pocket, so I mean, that's not that's not that, that is very true. I'm not surprised at all that he says that, but um, I would. Moved that we ban the phrase for the rest of the podcast. I got you. I'll, I'll work on that. I'll get that into the uh, metaphorical contracts that we okay, uh, have good. all signed, of course. Um, but Jake, same question to you. Lucha style, kind of what do you think of it? Um, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's similar to everybody. I mean, I've enjoyed what I've seen, but also, uh, like, besides things here and there, I've never really dove into, like, real Lucha stuff. Like, I've seen WCW and, you know, but I've never watch anything i would call like a lucha promotion like i've never really watched a ton of triple a or cml or lucha underground so the interesting thing about me to dive into this i feel like we're going to be full engulfed in like the like you know it's not just going to be like one thing on the show it is the show like it is mm-hmm. the lucha show so that's what's interesting to me about this 
Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, and and I'll move to the another question, kind of kind of linked to that one, but um, a lot of intergender matches happen within the lucha style. C, you know, CMLL, triple AAA, I do all that kind of stuff, but it's really prevalent here. There's a lot of intergender matches, but uh, how do you kind of feel um about about that style of wrestling, um, Jake? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm fine. Um, we've all gotten pretty into GCW in the recent past. So I think that has kind of got me used to it. I think it's all how they established a universe. Like mm-hmm. if that makes sense, like they kind of set the ground rules. Like if you watch GCW, it's pretty much they, they didn't really make it a factor in the psychology. I think mm-hmm. it's all how it's presented, right? We'll see in this, it, it plays a little bit more of a factor. Like they don't just treat them as complete equals. It does factor in, but I think as long as it's like, you know, presented in the right way and they establish, I guess, like, a framework for it i think it works you know so it's not just like the psychology is like the men are always going to win because of what's the fucking point <laughs> right. you know mm, yeah exactly yeah jenny same question to you i'm a huge fan of intergender wrestling and i, I didn't know that that's what they did here so um very early on i was very pleasantly surprised to see like it was true intergender because sometimes it's not you know yeah you know, if you do like, which they have a mixed tag, which is fine, but it's not intergender in my opinion, if the genders have to tag out. Um, mm-hmm. And, but I really like that they really go for it uh, the way that GCW does and the way that I love to see it. I, I like that it's not really addressed, you know, um, and the women have full authority from episode one yeah, as yeah, Lucha, yeah. luchadoras. <laughs> yeah um and then vampiro put puts them puts them all over pretty well right. too, uh, and, and striker does as well on commentary um but uh, another thing about lucha underground that we'll get into a lot um but there's a lot of uh cinematic type uh backstage segments and kind of storyline progression and stuff like that i know the cinematic stuff has got kind of come into wwe and AEW, but it's not really this kind of way there's like action movie kind of types of things to the, to these kind of cinematic uh storylines and uh backstage segments that they have here but um jenny how do you feel or from what you've watched how do you feel about kind of how they how they present that little cinematic type thing oh i love it i love it and i think sean was the one who nailed it in your first episode and he said it was like a reality show because that is the first vibe that i got um, because you get those bumper shots, right. Of like the city at night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, it was very like Kardashian, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with that, with that feel. And then it kind of melds into a telenovela, mm-hmm. um, with the, with the dramatic cinematic scenes. I love it. I think it's fantastic that it has, it, it has easily be fucked up in tone like it could go too cheesy you know it could be like a parody Mm -hmm. of what it's supposed to be but i think they add the realism to it they they don't cheese it up for the most part even Mm -hmm. though it comes across like a little bit cheesy you know what i mean they don't they don't treat it that way um but it's charming in that way yeah, it, it, it had. There's a lot of very intense scenes throughout the seasons, and the, there are a couple of comedy ones that we'll, we'll kind of get to those uh, a little bit further on. But it, they kind of change it up a little bit. But it, for the most part, I think it's kind of in that dramatic kind of sense that, that they use, kind of the telenovela kind of situation, like you said. But uh, Jake, what do you, how do you feel about the uh, kind of cinematic nature of it all? Yeah, I've liked what I've seen so far in Lucha Underground. Um, 
typically like the matches I've seen, like the WWE cinematic matches, I've not been a big fan of. Mm-hmm. But I think here, and it's something that I feel like will keep coming up as we go through Lucha Under, especially in these early episodes as we're getting established, is like I think it like Jenny said, the tone, I think it all fits here. Like they don't, there's not a ton of tonal whiplash. It like fits in what they're, pre- like they're consistent throughout the show, what they're presenting to you. And mm-hmm. it kind of works. And they, 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 uh, they ride the line really well where it's like, it's can be a little goofy. I mean, it's inherently kind of goofy, but mm-hmm. it, it works here. And they don't go like, I was worried mm-hmm. that it would feel more TNA like, um, and I feel, <laughs> I don't get that vibe at all. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that I would. I thought I would be heavily comparing it to TNA, uh, which I will in the booking, I think, uh, yeah. with the way that they do, but uh, not so much the feel or the look of the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it Probably the antithesis very- of uh, TNA as far as production value. <laughs> right. Like, I think the, the production yeah. value, I think, helps here because it's, like, off the charts, so it makes mm-hmm. the cinematic stuff work that much better. I agree, yes. Yeah, th- this was a very different way of doing things. This was very revolutionary and j- mm-hmm. just how they kind of handled all that kind of stuff. So um, definitely an interesting thing and definitely a thing that kind of sticks out to you early on and will continue to kind of stick out in that way. Um, but just a couple more questions. These are more... Uh, kind of just about the venue and the commentary team and our uh, our main character uh, that we kind of have been introduced in the first few episodes. But the temple as a venue, um, Jake, what, what do you kind of feel about the uh, arena that we uh, have our matches in? Love it. I love the temple. Like I said, it's all, like I said, all these things are related to me because they all kind of flow into each other. Like you have the temple, it's grimy. They put it over that it's grimy, that it's like in LA, but not like in a, you know, a glitzy part of LA. It's kind it's not of not an arena. Where, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like a rundown place. It in the way they shoot it, like the cinematography, like mm-hmm. um, it it has that kind of washed out feel to it. Everything's a little bit grimy and dirty. Like it's mm-hmm. all consistent. Like I like the attention to detail with all mm-hmm. of it. It's really cool. Um, yeah, and even yep. the and even the mat looks kind of gross. Uh, a yeah. little bit if you kind of <laughs> pay attention to it. But I think I think that's kind of what they were going for. But Jenny, same question to you. Yeah, that was my thought was the attention to detail. Also, I love the stairs. They had yeah. to go down the stairs to get to the ring. I love the setup. Um, you feel like you're underground. You know, that attention to detail is kind of a big deal. Um, they're selling the underground nature um, with every inch. Nothing like even with the crappy little commentary table sort of. <laughs> scooched off to the side it's not very big it's kind of in the way it it looks awkward there but it looks real it looks like somebody just threw it there because they just put together a fight club 20 minutes ago you know um i really really like and it's so dark the ropes are dark they keep the lighting dark um i really enjoy it yeah, and they really they do the spotlight if they ever go outside mm-hmm. the ring. I really like that effect as well. But yeah, it, it's like a fight club on a grander scale, kind of like uh, I believe Schiffer, uh, Sean said on the first episode. I, I really like that comparison. Um, but you talked a little bit about commentary. We have our commentary team of Vampiro and Matt Stryker. Um, Jenny, I'll stick with you. What kind of were your initial <laughs> thoughts when you saw the uh, the great team that is uh, Vampiro and Matt Stryker? Uh, this is where I might um, be a little bit uh, different from y'all because I kind of enjoyed them. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I, it, I no, really, I mean, there was some awkward shit or whatever, but like, legit, Don West and Mike Tanay annoyed me way more than these guys. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Um, 
like and the kind of gritty camera angle where you see them i kind of like that i don't know because they interacted like with each other more than i would like and imagine a commentator would um just physically like looking at each other when they talk to each other stuff like that um mm-hmm. but yeah like i was like why is everybody complaining about them i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah disclaimer uh me and jenny are used to pt on pt right. yeah, commentary is like is maybe i've just blunt, heard some so. really shitty commentary yeah. and i'm just we have decent low bar stuff. yeah they, they, they are they are really good at explaining everything sometimes yeah uh, as, as we'll kind of get into maybe a little bit they kind of over explain things a little bit too much but they, they are very good at talking about like the match and the history and all that kind of stuff so um i i do think Striker's just one of those people, and it's really not Vampiro is just kind of an asshole, I think, just in general. So that's why a lot of people don't like him. But Striker is just one of those people that was in WWE at a really bad time to be a commentator because they were like super overproduced, and he Mm. just came off super annoying. So Mm. I think he probably gets a lot more shit than he actually probably deserves for a little bit. But uh, (laughs) he he is still annoying at the same time. And he's like he's solid at the basics. Like he doesn't have a bad delivery or anything. Like. He, you can understand what he says. He speaks clearly. He does at least have something to say. Like again, you know, the next two, we don't always get those things. Right. So, um, it's it's just when he gets into, his, I mean, obviously it'll be something that we bring up a lot, but he certainly has his flaws. Yeah, and he's one of those that like makes a few two pop culture references. He's kind of like uh, Morrow in that way, uh, mm. which kind of kind of can get annoying eventually. Um, some of them are kind of nice to pick out and uh, i've done that quite a few times so far and i will talk about one later on that he makes but uh jake do you have any more further comments about the team in general no and vampiro on commentary is a new experience for me um we'll get into it. yeah he's very too. um he's a bit of a minimalist on commentary <laughs> <so>. <laughs> That may be the overstatement or the understatement. (laughs) Um, But finally, before we kind of get into our thoughts of the episode or for for y'all thoughts from the previous episode, our last question will be, uh, Jake, what did you think of our authority figure here in Dario Cueto? He's going to be a big part. So uh, what did you think of him initially? I dig him. Um, First of all, he's good at what he does. Like he's a good performer. Um, Like, uh, I like the money aspect of it. I think mm-hmm. it's cool. I like how they established that from the beginning. It's like a driving force of all this stuff. And um, another thing is um, he doesn't overstay his welcome, which I, I guess like watching so much WWE, it's kind of like uh, like the authority figure thing it can get kind of tiresome. But he's never all like, as we'll see, he kind of gets his shit in and gets out. Mm-hmm. And like, like there's no wasted motion. Like he gets in, says the stuff, and he's entertaining. And he get like he doesn't get out there and talk for ten minutes. Sort of the nature of the show. So I, I dig him in that, and he he's got a charisma about him, which is good. Yeah, yeah he has that oiliness to him. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah. What were your overall thoughts on it, Jenny? Uh, can you pronounce his name for me, real quick? Luke? That is uh, Dario Cueto. Cueto. Okay, because. <laughs> I don't know. In your first episode, I kept hearing something else, and, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, we might let him get away with that one. Quato. So. Quato, Quamato. Quato. But yeah, I thought, he was, I thought he was great. He has. He looks like he is on a telenovela. Like, he looks dastardly. He, mm-hmm. He's 
perfectly cast. I don't even know who this person is, like, are in real life. So, um, I, I thought he was really good. And I love, love, love giving money as like a purse to mm. win in a match. I love that gimmick. So that like kind of immediately went, okay, I'm, I'm into this. Yeah, 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 and he's like a he's like a shoot actor. He he's been in telenovelas and movies and stuff like that. Okay, so good. He's he's like a legit actor and uh, has been in other stuff. So, but yeah, he's perfectly cast here. He's perfectly being that like skeezy boss that uh, you know money is his uh, biggest point, and he wants to be super successful in this and make even more. So, um, but I kind of asked my all all of my general questions. One more question before we get into episode three, uh, Jenny. I'll go to you first. Episode one and two, you don't have to go super in depth, but what were your kind of general thoughts of the episodes we covered last time? Okay, so y'all had a lot of um, blue demon uh, hate, <laughs> and I thought that was a little bit unwarranted. I, I don't think he climbed out of a time portal or whatever the fuck Shift said. Um, <laughs> I thought he was, I thought he was great, like kind of big Hulk and menacing kind of guy. Anyway, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed Sexy Star. I enjoyed the female presence on the show, uh, just right out of the gate. And um, the uh, Prince Puma angle, um, I'm led to believe that this person, I should have recognized him on site by some form of nerd magic, but I did not. <laughs> and so I still don't know who it is. I don't know how long we want to keep kayfabe going about who he ends up being. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to leave that to you, uh, host privilege over there. Okay. <laughs> um, but I thought the main event in episode one was really good. Hell of a match there. And um, I liked um, Mil Muertes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got it. I knew I was going to struggle with these names. Um, uh, also, I liked the lady who runs around and licks people. Um, C- Katrina. Yeah. Katrina. She, she, I, how you get that job? I don't know, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but you can lick Chavo Guerrero, so I mean, I don't. well, the Chavo, I don't have the Chavo hate that yeah. um, seems to permeate uh, every other podcast, but I'm not saying I, I don't have the capacity to hate him. I would yeah. love to hate him along with you guys, so I'm sure that I will very, very soon. <laughs> no, I think you're actually the perfect person to uh, bring into this world because you don't have these preconceived hatreds of some of these people that uh, right. we, we may. I want to earn it, I want to earn my hatred. So yeah, I, I appreciate that. Uh, but Jake, same question to you. And after you go, I will I will uh, say who Prince Puma is. Uh, okay. Kind of lay it out there. But uh, Jake, what were your thoughts on the first couple episodes? Man, I should filibuster. Don't know. Um, <laughs> no, um, I, I wasn't blown away by the first two episodes, but I think it's yep. by design, as we'll see as we get to these. Like, mm-hmm. it kind of the main thing that got me is that it set everything up. It like set up the universe. I loved all the stuff about them establishing like that this is uh, based on this ancient warfare and like that it goes into all the heritage and stuff. Like I said, they're fully engulfing us in the Lucha stuff. Like, like, look, this is not like, Oh, we have the Luchors come out and, you know, do one match for you for 10 minutes. Like, no, this is about the Lucha culture. And that's what this whole show is. So that was cool. It kind of set some things in motion. I don't think we had anything that was like, you know, it's like the first episode blew me away, but it established like the tone, which I thought was like super important to the Mm -hmm. show. 
Yeah, I, 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 that's the exact same thought I kind of came out of it with. It really established what we were going to kind of get. It gave you a little bit of everything. Um, it gave you that uh, kind of heritage match that you were talking about with Damone and uh, Guerrero, kind of the, the Lucha families and the Lucha history. So it really played it out there. But um, the reason that I think most people can pick out who Prince Puma is, is he has a very, very uh, recognizable tattoo. So okay. Prince Pruma is Ricochet of WWE current day. So, oh, okay. Um, if you kind of watch him wrestle, if you kind of see kind of stuff that he can do, uh, it is very apparent. But um, dude, now, that did not even remotely cross my mind. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. yes, we uh, we uh, talked about it on Roulette the other night. We watched a Ricochet match, but um, yeah, Ricochet is going to be Prince Pruma. So okay, um, I kind of held. Should have made back. up some. We should have made up some bullshit. I would have <laughs> believed it, y'all. Y'all bunch of fucking liars. Uh, now I don't believe this. <laughs> it was Logan Paul, actually. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but anyway. no, yeah, but he has a very uh, he has a very recognizable like chest tattoo, so I figured you might mm. see that and uh, mm. uh, notice it. But um, but yeah, uh, I was kind of holding it back because I kind of wanted to see if everybody recognized who he was before we okay. uh, laid it out there. But we did have laid you know, it out Jake? there. Yes, I did, but I think I knew from. Um, Back when this first came out. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he was big in Japan at this point. He he had had a few really good matches, and uh, he was kind of a low key big get for them at this point. So yeah, that's what I was gonna um, say too. I think that's why I remember because I remember they were like, yeah, it was a big deal for them to get him. Mm -hmm. And I, okay. I, I go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, over the course of like say season one, are there gonna be a lot of people that I might recognize? You know, are there more um, people that have moved on to bigger? careers that i might know yeah, yeah yeah i mean we'll get into a couple tonight i mean they're obviously okay. who they are in aw but um right yeah there'll be plenty of people that uh go on to be other things so uh we'll, we'll okay. definitely get into a lot of that um, okay good this was a big uh breeding pool for the current current crop of people so um yeah we'll, we'll get into it um but we will start with episode three. Um, we kind of open the episode with a recap of the previous two weeks, kind of stuff that's happened. Uh, we get the giant wide shot of Los Angeles uh, before we come into the temple. Uh, we immediately go into a cutscene with Conan and Dario talking in his office. Uh, Conan's kind of looking out of uh, Dario's office window at the crowd tonight, says they're going batshit crazy. They're a really good crowd. Um, he tells Dario he won't believe uh, the talent he has brought him from Mexico and said they are some of the best in the world. Uh, Phoenix, Pentagon, and Drago are the three guys that he's talking about. <laughs> so, he says a sentence. He says they are on point like a decimal, which is the most <laughs> I think I've, ever I've ever heard. So I had to I had to make note of that one. Um, but apparently Dario knows some of the trouble he had getting them across the border. But Conan says that that's been handled. So I like that little part of it too. Um, he says, if you want the best fighters in the world, you don't have to look any further than these three guys. Um, and if you don't have them, you don't have much of a, of a league is what he calls it. Um, but Dario uh, wants to see how good they all are. So he makes a three-way match tonight for our main event. Um, Striker and Vamp then welcome us into the temple for the night. Uh, they update us on Blue Demon Jr. Says he's in stable condition, but he still can't return to the ring quite yet. Um, before tossing it to the ring where Dario is actually in the ring and is introduced. 
Um, he welcomes everyone to his temple and says he's been hearing complaints that there's not enough Lucha in Lucha Underground. Um, while kind of uh, imitating the crowd crying, he goes, oh, not enough Lucha. Not enough. <laughs> I, I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I did love that part. That was um, funny. <laughs> but he says there's uh, one thing that he does, and that's provide people what they want. So he's going to give them what they want. He introduces us to El Mariachi Loco, who's going to be in our first match. Um, and Dario says he found him playing a mean trumpet <laughs> down, at, down at his favorite Mexican restaurant. So um, he says he has legendary Lucha Libre skills and is no ch- there is no challenge too big for him. So before we get into the first match, Jake, what did you think of the little segment with Co- uh, Conan and Dario and then Dario's little speech in the, in the ring? Yeah, Conan's good in this. Um, mm-hmm. He'll continue to be good. Like, it's yep. a perfect role for him as, like, the the guy who's, like, bridging the gap between the, you know, bringing these luchadors to America. It pays off what they said in the early episodes when they said they were going to be bringing in all this talent from Mexico, and they're mm-hmm. paying it off already because they're bringing all these stars. Um, so that was good. And uh, I liked um, Dario got a Pendejo chant, which popped me pretty good. <laughs> Which again, it's like it's perfect. It's like it fits the tone. It's like he's getting the asshole chant in Spanish. It like it fits the whole vibe they're going for. But yeah, he's great here. Like I said, he j- he's only there for a couple minutes, but he, he like he gets his shit in, like mocking the crowd and all. But it's also interesting too because he's kind of you know he's like heelish, but he also like wants to please the crowd because he's trying to keep this this little thing he's got going keep the crowd hype. So that's kind of interesting too. Like it's like he's a it's good because we don't want this whole like authority figure trolling the audience thing like that's not really his point mm-hmm. he's just kind of evil because he's like mm-hmm. an evil dude but he still wants to put on a good show yeah absolutely um jenny <laughs> say the same thing to you i like that point he's evil but he likes a good fucking mm-hmm. show and he's, <laughs> he's gonna entertain you and mm-hmm. i mean i like that that's that's a fun angle um i liked him <clears throat> saying he <laughs> He plays a mean trumpet and is crazy in the ring. <laughs> like, just like me. Uh, but yeah, I I love this. I mean, I love, y'all know Conan has a podcast, right? Um, I do know that. Yeah, he probably talks about this on his podcast, but <laughs> I thought he was great. I really did. Uh, they had really good chemistry uh, together. So I kind of like, I kind of want to like say, Let's do less matches and more um, <laughs> dramatic acting. Um, yeah, yeah. I was like, some episodes are going to be like that, but yeah, it, it's very good. And Conan's very good in this role, kind of like Jake said, the bridge the gap between um, Mexico and uh, this new promotion that's going to be here in America. So, um, but like I said, El Mariachi Loco is going to be in our first match, and he's going to be taking on our uh, little person wrestler of Mascarita Sagrada. Uh, Loco obviously mocks and prods the obviously smaller Sagrada to kind of start things. Sagrada eventually has enough uh, and kind of nails a kick to the head. Uh, the crowd is absolutely lit for everything Sagrada does. They're, they're huge into him. Uh, they pop huge for a senton that he does through the middle rope. I thought that was a really cool spot. Mm-hmm. Um, the way Loco kind of wrestles and acts with all the hip swivels and dancing-based offense kind of gave me a little bit of great value Fandango vibes uh, from kind of how he was moving and shaking. So I got that got that little bit. Um, Sagrada really spikes Loco with the tornado DDT. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool spot. Uh, he then kind of seems to be going for another uh, tornado DDT, but they sell it as he was kind of choking uh, Loco, which eventually leads Loco to fall into a small package, and that is how uh, Masquerita Sagrada wins. And I'll kind of go ahead and get into the post-match. Post-match, Chavo comes out. 
and continue Sizzle's destruction from last week, delivering some vicious strikes uh, to the obviously smaller Masquerita Sagrada to kind of put over him as an asshole that's going to kind of take out all these Mexican legends. But um, Jenny, what did you think of this first match? There was so much like fun energy in this match. Um, crowd was really into it. Uh, I really love uh, Loco just bumping around uh, for Sagrada. Like he was really selling uh, his moves and I appreciate that in a match like this um, with the huge size difference. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a super fun opener, really kind of a good finish for me. I liked it. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. Do you want star ratings? Did you do one? Yeah, yeah no, you can do star ratings. I, right. I'm going to hold off because I just kind of want to hear what y'all have to say. But um, So I did uh, two and a quarter. So I got you. Um, Jake, what did you think of this opener? Yeah, two and a half for me. I thought this was real cool, real fun. I thought Masquerita looked awesome. The crowd was super into them. Um, I like that they played into, uh, you know, rather than come right out the gate and make it seem like, well, because he's a little like the other guy's going to beat his ass, they kind of played more to him being quick. And it kind of introduced, you know, like we said in these first episodes, they're introducing us to all these, like, I don't know if tropes is the right word or like concepts, but like letting us know, like, hey, when we bring a mini guy in, he's not just gonna, it's not gonna be like he's biting people in the ass or whatever. Like, <laughs> he's gonna be legit, you know, like he's gonna come in and he can do, do some shit and he uses his speed. So I thought it was cool to establish that. And they, they both played the role well, like, uh, and they ends up taking a beating. I thought the, um, that tilt world DDT, that reversal yeah. was pretty yeah. awesome. Yep. And the finish too, like into the choke, that whole finishing sequence was awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then we continue with Evil Chavo. So it kind of bridges right into that. So yeah, and uh, another thing, um, the presentation, like Logan, I know uh, on the first one, you were talking about how it was a little too Kevin Dunny. I liked a lot more. And I, I noticed in this match, rather than doing all the cuts, they did more of like these, uh, I guess you would call it like tracking shots. Yeah, well, like yeah. rather than cut every time their emotion, they would just kind of like follow them. And I thought mm -hmm. that was real cool and uh, something I hope they use a lot more because it was much better than the, um, you know, <laughs> fucking born supremacy cuts all the time. <laughs> so um, yeah. I went two and a half on. I thought it was a, a perfect way to open the show. Yeah. yeah Pop absolutely. for that born reference. <laughs> I did too. Um, but yeah, um, no, it, 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 go ahead. Go ahead, Judy. No, go ahead. <laughs> I just have a question when you get done. Oh, I got you. Okay. Um, but yeah, the camera, the camera cuts, it was the first match uh, on the first episode. So I don't know if they were trying to establish what they were going to do with camera wise, but it was over. It was out of control with the Chavo and Demon match. And it, it I, they didn't move fast enough to like justify it. So I just didn't really <laughs> understand what was going on. Um, but what's your question, Jay? Is Chavo the um, Jeff Jarrett of this promotion? Um, not to spoil anything, but he doesn't hang around quite long enough to be Jeff Jarrett like. Uh, okay, but he doesn't hang um, around for twenty three years. <laughs> yeah, he hang, he's not champion for like six years. So, um, no, nah, I, I wouldn't quite say that. Um, okay, I, I do. I was him. getting that vibe a little bit, so I was just want to, you know, sort of prepare myself either way. No, nah, they probably present him this way for the first however many episodes, but he, he kind of, he's in like the first little bit of this first season, and then he just kind of pops in here and there the rest okay. of the season, so he's not ever around for like a super long time enough to be super duper annoying, but okay, we just good. hate him from previous things, so it just kind of carries over right. here. Right. Um, but speaking of Chavo, um, our next thing, we come back from commercial. We see Chavo's attacks from last week on Demon, and this, and we see the one that we just saw of Sagrada. 
Um, Vampiro actually interviews Chavo, uh, calls him a uh, Mexican wrestling legend, which uh, made Schiff uh, main roster angry when he said that. Uh, but uh, Vamp goes right in, uh, says Chavo's been writing the coattails of his family name. Uh, Chavo, of course, talks about all his family members and said he's been doing things their way uh, with respect, but now he's going to do, do things his way will eventually uh, make me mad with something else he says later in this. Um, but Vamp uh, then uh, says to Chavo that Demon made hit him and Demon made history. They're the first match. Lucha Underground history also points out that he tapped out, uh, points out that last week he came out and cracked him over the head with a chair. Uh, Chavo says Demon Jr. is a legend, and that's only because his, his father was a legend and not based on Blue Demon Jr.'s own accomplishments. Uh, Vamp then complain or then claims that uh, Chavo almost killed Demon. I think that was a little over the top, mm-hmm. but um, Chavo then claims that the Guerrero way is if they don't like you, they will take you out. So previously he said he wasn't going to do it the Guerrero way, but now he's saying he is doing it the Guerrero way. <laughs> so it doesn't make much sense to me, but um, he says that what he did to Demon, uh, Demon brought uh, was brought in with the El Rey ca- as their El Rey cash cow, and Chavo is tired of being second best. He came in to make himself a star, and that Dario wants violence, and that is what he provided. Uh, tells Demon he knows uh, Chavo is really better than he is, and that he is here to stay and dominate. Um, based on the fact that Chavo's in our next cutscene, I'll go ahead and do that. Um, we then kind of see Chavo walking through a dark hall- hallway with like flicker- fr- flickering lights. Easy for me to say. Um, Conan <laughs> sees him uh, and says, uh, they've always been familia. They're always been super close. Uh, he said that he would level with him, though, and says once people in Mexico learn of him taking out Demon and Sagrada, that they will come for him. So the apparently the Mexican mafia is going to come for Chavo. Um <laughs> Conan then tells him to disappear before that happens and then walks off. Like I said, the lights kind of flickered and then Mil Muertes appears, just kind of looks at him menacingly before walking away. We did another light flicker and Katrina then shows up and tells Chavo uh, that Chavo took something away from Mill, which was uh, obviously taking out Demon, uh, but that Mil Muertes will not forget. And it's only a matter of time before Chavo feels the taste of a thousand deaths. And she once again does her little seductive lick that a uh, certain Sean kid uh, is a big fan of. But um, as far as Chavo goes, uh, Jenny, what did you think of these uh, couple of segments of Chavo here? Uh, one, Jennifer Smith is a fan of the <laughs> seductive licking. <laughs> uh, I, it was a huge heel promo. I mean, I guess that was his intent but it mostly just sounded dumb because uh, he contradicted himself <laughs> um, they put this dramatic like music underneath the whole yeah. interview so that was I don't know kind of like a nice touch and at the end Vampiro popped me he said brother you got some issues mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like well, that's a hell of a way to end the interview okay. <laughs> um and then, yeah, I, I like the hallway interactions. You know, it's like all dark and, you know, dramatic. It looks like an episode of The Sopranos. Um, mm. So it was fun. I really liked it. Yeah, it definitely felt like he was about to get taken out by somebody. For, for sure. sure. Um, but Jake, what did you think of uh, the Chavo interview in the little hallway segment? Yeah, it was good development. It, like, it let us know what Chavo's reasoning for doing this, because I know it was kind of a question on the first couple like why is he immediately 
like acting like an asshole, but he gives a pretty good reason. Like he's, you know, like he pretty much says like, y'all brought me in to be a role player player. And I don't want to be a role player. Like I want to be a star and now he's pissed off and he's going to kind of, you know, like they basically like, oh, you're going to put me in these old man matches. Uh, I came here to, you know, I want to be champion. So yeah, I like how vamp was like all over his ass and his like weird stoned <laughs> way. Like he's like, you've been riding the coattails. Like just comes right at him with that. Um, <laughs> Like like Jenny yeah, said, yeah. you got issues, man. Like he was, I thought he was good here. Like uh, he had like kind of a reserved like jumping on Chavo's ass. But uh, and then like I said, Conan, he's like the insider who knows what's going on in the streets and stuff. So like it immediately lets you know like there's gonna be consequences for like letting Chavo know that like he's not just gonna act like this and nothing's gonna happen. So and another thing is like um. I like the way they put this all together. Like it was only a couple minutes and they got all this across because um, like they don't feel the need when they're doing the, like they cut that Chavo and Vampiro interview so tightly, like yep. rather than do it in this like traditional way where you'd have them sitting and like every time one of them talks, you wait a few seconds. And the other one responds. They just cut it real quick where you're only getting everything they say. So it's kind of good. It was kind of an, like them not looking at it like a traditional wrestling show, I thought mm-hmm. helped here because it made everything so much, uh, so much tighter. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I went probably way more in depth with that interview than anything that they actually said or how quick it was. Uh, so, but yeah, it was very good, very good interview. And like you said, they spliced it to where it would be perfectly, uh, not not long, not too long. Uh, but they got a lot of points across at the same time. So, um, but from there, we'll move on to our next match. Uh, Previously, we talked about Mil Muertes. He's going to be in that match uh, versus Ricky Mandel. Um, we actually get a Mil Muertes promo before the match. Um, it's Katrina kind of talking about Mil Muertes' history. Says his entire family perished in a 1985 8.5 magnitude earthquake. Uh, he was buried in the rubble. Uh, that he thought he was close to death, uh, but he didn't fear it. He felt comfort in, in that feeling of death. Uh, being on the brink of death is where he belonged and he emerged to bring all that death with him. The coldness and death is where he found warmth as well as strength. His name, his real name is Pasquale Mendoza. Uh, before that was his name. And after that, he became Mil Muertes uh, and a thousand deaths are coming. Um, we talked about, um, Sean pointed out that uh, Katrina carries around something that she hands to uh, Muertes before the match. He picks up a rock in this cutscene, and it's, I think, throughout the rest of this, it has mystic kind of powers to keep it in a pouch. Uh, and she holds it during his matches, but he always kisses it and kind of prays before every match. So I actually kind of misspoke on the last episode about that, but there is a special stone that he kept from that uh, earthquake that he had in his uh, previous history. So. Um, it has some type of powers, I, I believe, eventually as we go on, um, but not quite. Well, they don't get into that quite yet. Um, but the match is uh, pretty much a squash. Uh, Mandel tries to use his speed early, but when Muertes is able to catch him, uh, he uses his power and huge strikes to just absolutely beat his ass. Um, Muertes eventually misses a charge in the corner, and Mandel gets one little last surge of offense before Muertes catches him uh, with a big right hand and hits his uh, – Finishing move the flatliner to win the match. Um, I made the note that uh, Striker is extremely horny for Katrina throughout this mm. whole match. Um, so maybe, maybe him and Sean are more alike than he thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But uh, Jenny, what did you think of this uh, Muertes Mandel squash here? Man, this shit was that. That was like a fucking mini. Co- that was a comic book yes, villain origin, uh, yes. origin story. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are we doing right now? This is fantastic. I was like, wow. <laughs> and they just kind of put it in the middle of him coming down the steps, mm-hmm. you know, like I thought that was genius. Yep. Like you get like this little brilliant mini story. So compelling, like the little boy standing in the rubble and his whole family dead. I was like, Holy shit. This is amazing. <laughs> and, uh, I figured out the rock thing. So, you know, yeah, I gotcha. uh, so that was, I was, yeah, I'm like, okay, he's going to beat the fuck out of this dude. And then he beats the fuck out of this dude. And, uh, <laughs> He was stiff in the ring, like, dude, I'm scared. He's like Bane, yo, he's Bane. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he makes out with Katrina at the end. I was like, I love this guy. This is my guy. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> he, he is awesome. Yeah, I'm that's all awesome. in. Yeah, this is a very awesome presentation, this whole thing. But, uh, Jake, what did you think? Yeah, same thing equally. I, I'm not even like a big comics person, but I had the exact same note. It was like a, it's like his origin story, and it kind of it makes him so much more interesting because instead of just being like, "Well, he's this big heel guy, you know, a thousand deaths," it's like, no, it's a thousand deaths because he was like forged from right. death out of this fucking earthquake, mm-hmm. and and it kind of makes you a little sympathetic because you're like, "Dang, he's kind of like." You know, he's this heel and he seems like kind of a dick, but then like he's come <laughs> from this tragedy. So it's like you kind of sympathize with him. It's right. it's cool. Like it's it's great. The whole and it was well put together. And again, super effective. Like in two minutes, they get all this across right. about him. And this That's like genius. little backstory. Yeah, like he's quickly become my favorite. Like him and uh and Katrina, she's um She's got a little a sherry energy going on, which I enjoy. Yeah, like, yeah. She's doing her stuff on the outside, but not doing too much. Just kind of being generally like uh, being witchy on the outside. I don't know how, how to describe it. Like but it. Uh, And he just comes in. I thought the squash was effective. Like he just comes in. He looks impressive and beats that ass and hits the flatliner. So I love this whole thing. Um, love the backstory thing. I hope we get more and more of this because. Yes. And, and I guess maybe some people would not dig that, but I, again, I don't know. It works in the setting and it, he sells it so well. Like you yeah. believe it because he's so intense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know. I love it. And it, it'll continue to be, I don't know if they quite go as in depth as that one. Cause that one was real, real cool and real in depth. Um, they definitely go into some backstories of some of these guys, um, especially the guys with the mask. Like you can kind of tell what the guys without the mask are kind of are and what they're going to be. But um, yeah, definitely we'll go into a lot more kind of, they, uh, we have a guy later that they go into a little bit of detail on. Uh, and I think they kind of delve more into his character throughout the time, but um, yeah, just great presentation. Um, you know, Muertes is going to continue to just crush guys um, and uh, just be awesome. Um, but yeah, I think Chef Evans really pointed out that uh, Katrina's kind of looked witchcrafty too. So um, he he did point that out. And I kind of forgot about The Rock, which I sh- should have mentioned in the first episode, but I definitely forgot. But yeah, that is of special uh, significance to Muertes and uh, we'll, we'll play more of a role as we go on. Um, but from here, we go to another backstage segment, uh, Cisco and Cortez are outside of Dario's office and they see Mundo kind of walking down the hallway. Uh, Mundo says he wants to talk to Dario and the boys ask him what the password is. Uh, (laughs) Mundo then says, I've got the password for you and takes them both out. Um, He knocks uh, Cisco through the door um, into Dario's office and tells Dario to relax, says give him big Rick and a match next week. And he'll bring the violence that Dario is wanting. 
Uh, Dario says he's got it, and then Mundo kind of starts to walk up, but pops right back and says, when he's done with Big Rick, Dario is who he's coming for uh, with some violence. So, um, But we come back from commercial, and we have, have another kind of cutscene with uh, Dario and Big Rick. Uh, doesn't uh, it doesn't matter how much he pays him. Uh, Mundo needs to leave the temple uh, next week in an ambulance, so he wants Big Rick to take him out. Um, we then get another Prince Puma package. Uh, Conan tells us that the Puma mask has been handed down for generations and that it is only given to the greatest and most powerful warrior uh, from that family. So, um, Jake, what did you think of these kind of back-to-back-to-back segments here? Yeah, the, the Mundo stuff is all right. It was kind of our first, uh, I would call like an action movie sort of scene. Mm-hmm. It was real quick with the super kicks. Um, was Does he say chillax at one point? I, think? I do think he does say chillax. <laughs> <laughs> chillax. Like he comes chillax. off as like so wooden and corny compared. Mm-hmm. Like we just yeah. got, uh, you know, Mill who's like forged from the earthquake. And he's like this badass thing at Mundo coming in with this like cheesy, <laughs> like great value Jean-Claude Van Damme shit. Like, yeah. Um, so I, it didn't hit quite as good as some of the other stuff, but it, yeah. I didn't mind. I think, again, they keep it. I think if they did like a 10 minute scene of him doing like action movie kicks, I would be like, okay, that's a bit much. But for these mm-hmm. quick little transitions, it's fine. Um, and yeah, and then we got the, the Mundo and Big Dick Rick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, oh my god. And, uh, yeah, and I thought the uh, the Puma stuff was nothing really new. Them, you know, they just kind of keep pushing it along. I did notice here, like they zoomed in on the mask, and I was like, "Damn, that mask is sick!" Like that cheetah mask mm-hmm. is uh, pretty badass. Yeah, this, this, badass. this Lucha Underground's got to be really into the mask. I'm gonna be like a huge mask mark after this. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like people that. with the belts, me with the mask. Yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna start having a collection after. <laughs> right, oh, like no. they're also good. <laughs> oh man, uh, we've, uh, we've started a new addiction. Uh, I love it. <laughs> um, Jenny, yeah. what did you think of these uh, three segments? Uh, yeah, it went it went tilted a little towards cheesy, but again, not too much, and mm-hmm. you know, effective, um, short, and um, one for the Prince Puma video. I noted. <laughs> said he does it for the ancestors and the assholes <laughs> <laughs> like, okay the, I've noticed that there's some interesting turns of phrase already in, in this show like grandiose kind of speech mm-hmm. um, that I hope continues to play because I really like it yeah, it's I mean, cool it's like um, it's like they're bridging like because at one point they're like talking about the heritage and like the ancient wars, but it's also like it's supposed to be real like gritty and urban, like Puma's right. raised on the streets. Yeah. So they're kind of like putting those two things together. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, he's from this great family, but he's also a street fighter and has survived in the streets and is a great, you know, athlete at the same time. So yeah, it's a really cool backstory that they've kind of given him and some others, obviously. Um, but uh we'll move from there to our main event. Uh as Dario talked about earlier, he's gonna put uh Conan's three guys into a three-way match, and that's gonna be Phoenix, Pentagon Jr. and Drago. Um, we get an absolutely hot start with a huge planche mm-hmm. by Pentagon about 10 seconds into the match. Yep. Um, we get another crazy corkscrew dive by Drago and another by Phoenix about uh, in a little bit further into the match. Um, I love that Penta's kind of chilling outside watching the other two kind of show off all the crazy moves they can do at one point. He's just kind of leaning on the mat. Um, Drago then drills uh, Phoenix with a DDT and that draws Penta into the match. 
Phoenix uh, shows off some incredible athleticism by hitting a springboard arm drag, the thing where he kind of jumps off of the middle and top rope uh, back and forth a couple of times to show how crazy athletic he is. Um, he then follows it off with uh, being tossed into the air, and he actually does a front flip while he's in the air, comes down, and hits a uh, Hurricane Rana on Pentagon. I thought that was a really sick move. Um, Drago, Drago then comes back in and nails uh, what looked like a DDT, but they uh, it kind of was like a blockbuster uh, move that a lot of others has used in the past. I thought that was really cool. Uh, they all end up in the corner at one point, and Phoenix hits a Hurricane Rana on Pentagon off the top rope. I uh, um, uh, there was a nasty backstabber by uh, Penta at one point. Uh, disgusting overhand chops on Drago by Penta. You can hear him reverberate throughout the whole temple. Really cool effect there. Um, another incredible corkscrew dive by Drago. Uh, Phoenix uh, then hits a diving crossbody from atop Dario Cueto's office. So yeah. Dario Cueto's office is just kind of in the corner of the temple. It has another hallway kind of towards the outside, but um, he can actually come out of the door uh, of his office uh, in the arena. But he jumps off the top of that. Um, package pile driver and tombstone seemingly take out Drago. Um, and then Phoenix uh, hits a poison Rana on Pentagon for the win. So Phoenix wins this absolutely banger, fast-paced, awesome match uh, over these other two guys. But, uh, Jenny, what do you think of this uh, main event here? Hot damn. The luchadors are here, you guys. Uh, <laughs> What the fuck? This was amazing. And mm -hmm. the, from the gear, the Drago gear, that shit was tight. Oh, my God. It's scary. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, Pentagon looked so good. Uh, I love the black and white. Mm -hmm. I, fucking Phoenix, though. MVP. Uh, I loved him in this. Uh, all of his uh, jumping off the rope uh was amazing the balance <laughs> mm -hmm. right the agility yep. um they didn't stop the pace was breakneck um the snap on the moves like everything was crisp um hard hitting like man uh it blew me away a hell of a fucking main event for this random like third episode of the show <laughs> um so i fucking loved it i did like three and three quarter stars on it no it was really great i don't blame you at all it was it was freaking awesome but uh jake what about you yeah three and a half for me this rule i, I could see feel like uh dario's up in his office like snorting coke like see you wanted lucha this is just yeah. Lucha here. Yeah. Yeah. he's like yeah. i told I like. you yeah. um but yeah it was awesome it's so the way these guys move through these like intricate sequences and make mm -hmm. it look so natural it's just like yep. it's insane like moving three spots perfectly and they and will I did plant like, you mm -hmm. too like plant you and it's not like the other the sean word where they're <laughs> glancing blows you know they're like mm -hmm. not really these when he fucking sits you down he fucking plants you in the oh my god there was like <laughs> power moves in with it you know mm -hmm. amazing yeah like at one point pentagon was laying some fucking chops that were brutal <laughs> just yep. laying it in um yeah uh and i do like there were a few like they worked this this pace but there were a couple of times where they were kind of slowed down just let the crowd breathe a little bit and mm -hmm. like absorb the crowd like popping so it's like they had them in the palm of their hand like these are just pros at this style um I could almost hear like a Joey Styles doing the oh my god when they did that dive. Um, the dive was so great. Yeah, cool spot to bring in and and like just again they're trying to introduce all this stuff and let us know like yeah we will pull out some crazy shit like people diving off the office. Uh, 
And so, yeah, it was just, um, it let us know like the, another match you're going to get is just these like top notch luchador. Like my thing with this is like by the end of this, despite all these guys having masks, like I 100% knew ever, like would could pick any amount of a lineup. I would be like, well, that's Phoenix, that's Drago, that's Pentagon. Like they won me over in like this 10 minute match. Like, that's you know, like they. Point. You know, like you remember all of right. them, like they establish all that. Like you said, Phoenix is a star. Like, how many times could you watch? Like, how many times do we watch TNA and we can't remember, right. you know, like <laughs> the naturals, like who they are? And like, right. these dudes come out and have this match. And I can't see anyone's face, but like, I remember all these bastards. Like, they were so good. <laughs> yeah, you never have, never have a problem uh, picking out which one is which. But yeah, just an absolutely awesome match. I think in our chats, uh, Jake, you said this was kind of an establishment episode, and I definitely mm-hmm. agree with that, uh, that that thought for sure. Um, but one more thing to close out this episode, and then I'll get y'all's thoughts on this segment and the episode. Um, but we end the episode with Dario uh, in a prison cell, it seems. Uh, says he won't be in, intimidated by anyone, and that includes the shadow, shadowy figure. Blah, easy for me to say again. Shadowy figure that he sounds like seems, you'd be somebody on here. Should yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a shadowy figure that he is in the prison cell with. So we don't quite know who that is yet, but um, uh, we have a maybe character that seems to be in a cage of some sort um, that Dario is kind of holding, holding in there. But um, Jake, I'll go back to you episode thoughts just everything that happened and uh this kind of little final segment with dario yeah it's a good little hook at the end to kind of in case they didn't get you like oh now you want to see who's you know who they're going to come up like who's going to be in the cell but yeah like you said it to me this was like the first two were kind of like okay this is good establish the tone this was like the episode is like um you know, all right, now we're rolling. Like mm-hmm. you get this killer main event, you get a ton of character development, the angle development. Like, no, I feel like they didn't waste any time on their show and any bullshit, like everything had a purpose. I went eight out of 10 because it's hard to, for me to think like, like, I don't know what, like, mm. I don't know much more you could do in like a, you know, because we're watching it with no commercial. So it's really like a 40 minute show mm-hmm. and to get all this in. I mean, almost every segment hit. I mean, yeah, to me, this is like, all right, we're, we're cooking now. Absolutely. Uh, Jenny, what did you think of the prison cell scene and then the episode thoughts overall? You know, I watched all these uh, like one through four consecutively. So usually by the end of episode three, I'm not really hanging around to the end credits. You know, I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. fast forward to the next fucking one I got to get through. And I sat there through it because I felt like there's going to be something at the end. And then they have the little stinker. I'm like, is he in jail? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm hooked. <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> Why is he in jail? Um, and who is he talking to? And so I'm like, yeah, they they got me. So, like, if I had to rate this, I'm doing, like, uh, eight and a half. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree with Jake. Yeah, eight, eight out of ten is a, a really good, really solid episode. Um, a lot of great matches, a lot of character development, and... Um, yeah, the uh, the hook of the uh, shadowy figure that uh, was in the prison cell uh, with Dario is uh, definitely something uh, to look forward to and what kind of monster uh, that he can unleash uh, if he needs to. So um, definitely a hook that uh, will, will be throughout the first season um, for sure. Um, but we will roll on into episode four. Um, we open with highlights, kind of everything that happen- has happened with um, Mundo and Cueto so far. Uh, kind of set up the main event for tonight. 
Um, but we get our kind of usual shots of LA and we're welcomed back into the temple by some music from our house band. So they haven't started naming the uh, house bands yet, but uh, this is a thing that kind of hangs around. They usually have a different one every week or every other week or something like that. Uh, so, but that they get a little music to kind of start off the night uh, with them. Um, but Stryker and Vamp then let it uh, bring us in and they talk a little bit about uh, Chava Guerrero and Sexy Star and kind of their interactions. Um, Chavo, or Sexy Star is then in the ring, grabs the mic, calls Chavo a stupid coward, uh, says next time he sees her, her, he better bring that chair uh, because that is the only way that he will beat her. She will embarrass him for what she what he did to Demone and kick his ass for what he did to Sagrada. Also for laying his hands on her, she will uh, not only do, do the things she has said before, but she will end the Guerrero dynasty forever. So um, Evil East then comes out to some jeers, uh, tells everybody to shut up, says Sexy Star deserves what she got, thinking she was tough enough to take on the boys. Uh, says Sexy isn't the baddest luchadora in the place, and then insults her for hiding her ugliness with her mask. Uh, Evil East then says she is the baddest bitch here. And uh, then Sexy Star absolutely slaps the shit out of her. <laughs> um, I'll go on into the match um, from there. Uh, Sexy Star and Ivelisse face each other. A lot of ground and pound to start this one. They really beat their beat each other's ass uh, for the opening couple of minutes. Uh, during the opening minutes of the match, it seems like uh, that they aren't kind of on the same page. They have a couple of moves and sequences that are kind of seem botchy a little bit. Um, I love the amount of uh, grinding and strike-based offenses in this one. Girls are really knocking each other around, really beating the shit out of each other. Um, Striker asked Vamp uh, about fighting <laughs> luchadoras, and he said that he did that a lot at home, and he ended up doing the job, which makes uh, it seem that he has been divorced and that uh, his uh, wife got all of uh, all of their money or something to that effect. But I thought that was a pretty good aside in, in, in the commentary. Um, but uh, Sexy Star eventually hits a code breaker. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I love how a physical evil Elise is, but it also... I kind of said this in the chats that we've uh, been talking about. I feel like she kind of goes into a business for herself a little bit with how stiff she is. Um, and so, sometimes she doesn't quite sell some of star stuff uh, as much as I think she probably should, but uh sexy star ends up winning the match, but I thought it was kind of a weird match seemed kind of off a little bit more than the other ones have been. But uh, Jake, what do you think of the promo by sexy star and then the match? Yeah, I thought, Sexy Star's promo is pretty good. <laughs> Chavo, stupid coward. That was kind of fun. But I, throughout all this, the promo and in the match, I wasn't really feeling Evil East much. Like, I thought her cadence in her promo was weird. Like, she has these weird pauses. Like, um, and I know she's supposed to kind of come off, I guess, like an outsider that we're not supposed to like. But yeah, yeah I think they did a good job of this establishing, like, um, how physical the women's match is going to be maybe because Ivelisse was just beating her ass like mm -hmm. <laughs> like for real, for real. <laughs> yeah. but then also that I thought she was like stiff but also kind of boring in a weird way like mm -hmm. like I feel like she was kind of slow at times and did a little too much like just meandering around like you said it just wasn't super smooth mm -hmm. um I thought the comeback was pretty good uh uh striker talking about joint manipulation or whatever of course and uh <laughs> i did uh i like the the credo that was pretty good but i'm sorry with you logan i went two and a quarter i thought it it didn't quite click for me and i think Lise was kind of like not i don't know she just looked not she didn't seem up to the level of most of what we've seen here so far 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Ivelisse, I don't know if I went into it in the last episode, but she was uh, previously in Tough Enough. She had been in WWE for a little bit, but I do think she has a reputation of kind of being hard to work with. Uh, I don't really think she's in doing much nowadays, so I think she, uh, I think she's kind of uh, like this uh, throughout uh, most of her run. Uh, she's kind of hard to work with a little bit and is a little more stiff than maybe she should be sometimes. But uh, Jenny, what did you think of this? I'm really glad y'all are saying that because I didn't know any of that and it definitely came across in the ring that she, I, I, I guess I read it as inexperienced, but I don't know. That's maybe naive of me. I don't know. She may I, have been. I do think that's part of it as well. She, okay. So that's what, cause she looked green to me. And mm-hmm. so kind of overcompensating for that by being a little bit more brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought stars, uh, promo was fire. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed her a lot. Uh, it, they put the, um, you know, they translated or whatever in captions for you, which I appreciated, but like she was, she nailed it. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I like that aggression from the woman to the man. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. And, uh, cause I believe that she can probably beat his ass. Um, but like with this match, I ended up enjoying it. Um, because it felt like a real fight. It didn't feel like girls were out there mostly hair pulling and, um, you know, slapping each other, which I guess I kind of expected that. Uh, again, you know, this is me not knowing and just kind of, I guess, being judgy, but uh, I expected a lot less. So I felt like I really enjoyed the character work mm-hmm. and, um, and they gave it time too. It wasn't like, you know, yeah. it wasn't like, uh, some sleeper match or whatever, a bathroom break or anything. It felt like a real match, and I appreciated that. So I I did the bump, which I'm always going to probably bump up the girls uh, to two and three quarter stars. Um, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely get your point of view. Uh, it, it just something about it. Just some some the way that Ivelisse kind of worked the match just kind of put me off on it a little bit. I don't know. I felt like she was being a little stiffer, and anytime sexy kind of hit something, I feel like she either barely sold it or really didn't sell it at all. She mm-hmm. kind of was quick to hop up. So that was just the things that kind of stuck out to me, but I, right. I definitely get you uh, enjoying it. It was very physical and I did enjoy that part of it for sure. Um, but we'll go on to our next backstage segment. Um, Dario is with Drago. He tells him he doesn't know how to feel kind of about him after last week. He said he didn't win or lose. Said he left him unsatisfied and wondering if he was wasting his time and money and that he does not like his time wasted. He needs to know what he's made of, so he's setting up, setting him up as the first prey for a new character named King Cuerno. Um, so that that's uh, who Drago is going to be taking on tonight. Um, we get back into the temple, uh, and Pentagon has the mic. Uh, he says no one in Mexico respects him. Thanks Cueto for respecting him and giving him this chance. Says he has unfinished business with Phoenix, and he will show everyone else uh, when you step in his way. Uh, tonight, uh, and his name is Pentagon Jr., and he has Cero Miedo, which means zero fear. Um, Jenny, what did you think of the Drago segment and this kind of uh, Penta uh, promo that he cut here before his match with Phoenix? It's fucking great. It was great. <laughs> it was more comic book shit. Um, he looks like that I mean, his costume is amazing. I don't know if costume is the right word because it's more than just a mask. It's mm-hmm. the whole deal. Um, and it is intense. And he, what is he spitting out? Why, what is, what is the blackness that comes out of his mouth? Oh, that's it. That's his dragon tongue. Okay. But what is it 
for real. It, it's his dragon tongue. He's supposed okay. to be a he's supposed to be a dragon. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm just kind of I'm already just a huge fan of those three wrestlers. Um, mm-hmm. An amazing treat. Like I, I oh, wow. I I thought his promo was really good. He had that same fire that I liked mm-hmm. in Star. His uh, meaning Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit of of a weaker stance, you know. Like yeah. nobody respects me. It's kind of standard mm-hmm. as far as that. But yeah. um, I know he can go in the ring, so I'm I'm fine with this uh, promo. I got you, uh, Jake. What about you? Yeah, same thing on Pentagon. I thought compared to what we've seen, it felt like a pretty basic little promo about mm-hmm. you know kind of falling back on cliche stuff like or respect or whatever. I did like the uh, the no fear thing, but. Yeah, 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 Drago was awesome. He was like, uh, yes. like man, uh, Glacier, uh, fuck off Glacier, because this is like a Mortal Kombat <laughs> character right here, man. Because he, like, his gear was sick. Like, oh, it's so uh, awesome. Mortal Kombat character in the best way. And I also like, like, uh, like, uh, Quato always is like taking stock of everybody. Like, yeah. you know, like, I like that they're establishing that he's watching everybody. Like, you know, it's yeah. not even like, a, oh, he likes the heels or the faces or whatever. He's just like, yep. I mean, he's like this, the Lord over this. And he, you know, like you got to earn your spot or like he might. And again, I don't know. It's some of the way they present it actually seems like it has stakes. Like you believe, I guess, because he's good at playing his character. You believe that he could like, you know, maybe he'll fire him if he doesn't, you know, live up to his expectations, which is real good. And then we hear about this new guy. So, yeah, again, and again, I keep saying it, but it's like they're so effective. They get all this stuff across so quickly. Like they don't make this like a 10 minute long, like bloated bullshit thing. It's like they come in, show his awesome gear. They cut the, do this little uh, interaction. They get out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Drago thing was super awesome. And and as far as I know, Jenny, it's just like a prosthetic tongue, and he's supposed to be like a really like supposed to be a dragon, basically. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like an ooze or anything. I thought it, I thought it, that's what I thought was some sort of like goo. <laughs> no, it's just it's just like a little slithery, like snaky tongue. So uh, it's to the gimmick. He's like weird. Gene Gene Simmons. He cut yeah. his <laughs> It, it did freak me out the first time he did it. I think he does yeah. it in the ma- in the match we talked about previously. But yeah, uh, yeah, it is very weird. But I'm like, is yeah. he a shoot dragon? What is happening? I, I think he is. I think that's I think that's what we're supposed to think. <laughs> um, but like Jake said, just um, yeah, everything has it seems to have stakes. Like Dario's telling him, like, you need to impress me, or I'm gonna get you taken out of here, and I'll send you back to Mexico if you're not gonna be a be a good part of my time. It seems like if you you know kind of don't live up to your end, he's gonna he's gonna get you taken out, or you're gonna be sent back where where you came from. So, um, but I, I definitely really like that part of it. But um, like I said, Phoenix and Pentagon have a match after uh, Pentagon's promo. Um, lots of reversals and pen attempts early in this one, trying to catch each other off guard. Awesome athleticism by Phoenix uh, doing the standing moonsault and then the uh, twisting tope con hilo. Um, another great move uh, with the springboard leg drop by Phoenix. Lots of really good strikes in this one from both Pentagon and Phoenix with uh, the big chops um, that kind of reverberate throughout the temple, kind of like I talked about in their other match. Uh, incredible balance on the springboard drop kick uh, by Phoenix. Another great dive to the outside. Um, gross modified lung blower by Pentagon. I thought that was a really cool move. Um, honestly thought that the, uh, Koji cutter that, uh, Phoenix hit at one point was going to be the finish. Um, and again, when, uh, Pentagon hit the pump handle Minchinoku driver, I thought that was going to be the finish as well. 
uh, more chops that echo throughout the temple uh, continue to be awesome. Uh, drop kick on the apron, followed by an absolute punt kick on the floor by Phoenix. He absolutely kicks him straight in the head. Um, and back in the ring, sling uh, hit, uh, Penta hits a sling blade, gets two from that, follows it with uh, what can I, I can only describe as a reverse code red, uh, which Phoenix kicked <laughs> out of that as well. Um, and then the battle upon the top rope leads to a Spanish fly by Phoenix, and Phoenix gets yet another win and yet another awesome match uh, between these two guys. Um, but Jake, what did you think of this one? Yep, went three and a half just like the earlier one. It was awesome. Um like man the move this is like move pervert stream mm-hmm. here like just all hey, like it's almost like they're brothers right <laughs> <laughs> like the like uh like uh when when pentagon like flips into that like cutter that driver where i mean just ridiculous shit like the, <laughs> the finish was insane like he does like a roundhouse kick they do a slap fest and then the spanish fly like but you know like it all flows into each other well like mm-hmm. it's not yeah. like just move rest move like they and then it like kind of crescendos when they hit this insane finishing sequence so it was real fun we got a you know striker's been okay he had his first cringe line this what do you call it like a the carnal carnival or some shit like that oh, god like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like, uh, like um the only thing I, I don't like and maybe this is a lucha style maybe a trope that i'm not gonna like i did not like at the beginning when they do these like counter pin things where like clear they're not even trying to pin each other like they'll literally yep. lay on each other for like half yep. a second and just yeah. jump up i'm like all right why are we even doing don't even bother <laughs> like what's the point of this bullshit just yep. get to, let's get on with it like that's the only thing that kind of irked me but let's let's fuck off of that and let's just get to the you know mm. insane like uh <laughs> yeah let's do the 870 uh fucking corkscrews and shit <laughs> right yeah, absolutely. I, I do think that is a trope that'll hang around, but it's not super prevalent, I won't say. But um Jenny, what'd you think of it? Yeah, I I what I called it was lazy covers. I'm like, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um and I actually dinged it uh at the end for that. But this shit was so fun. Phoenix is so fun. Uh and they have this sort of mutual respect vibe, you know, happening in the match. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not you feel like they know each other really well. Um mm-hmm. they have great chemistry. Um, and, and you just care about them. Like, how do I already care about them? You know, like it's, it, it's, they're just very, very good. And, uh, I cannot wait to watch like a lot more Phoenix. Um, and I hope that he stays around for a while. Uh, so I did like three and three quarters. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. No, that's probably what I, about what I would go with it. And yes, you will see plenty of these two guys that hang around, uh, Pretty much till the end, I think. Uh, Pentagon definitely does. I'm I'm not quite sure on Phoenix, but Phoenix hangs around for a long while for sure. Um, but yeah, just an awesome match. Um, I think with Drago in there, I think it was a really good match. But having these two face each other one on one, I think mm-hmm. really brought out what a little bit more of what they can do together. So I think they have really good chemistry, and it's definitely a matchup we'll see uh, more going forward. Um, awesome. But we'll yeah, we'll go from there, and we get a uh, King Cuerno package. Um, our new character that we're introducing, he says we we call what we call savage, he calls survival, and what we call evil, he calls it a way of life. Calls himself a predator, and everyone else that he comes in contact with is his prey. So before we go to the next match, which is Drago versus Cuerno, Jenny, do you recognize who King Cuerno is? No, but I Jake. do not, Logan. No, okay. I do not. Uh, Jake, uh, do you recognize who King Cuerno is by chance? No, I do not. 
Okay, so King Cuerno is current day Lucha Lucha Big Josh. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, King Cuerno is current day Santos Escobar, who is in the LWO with Rey Mysterio and oh, other guys. Okay, uh, so that is who King Cuerno. Yeah, is. I don't feel as bad about knowing that one, but with I was... fucking Ricochet's <laughs> giant tattoo. I feel like I'm uh, a mess. <laughs> No, that one was hard, harder to tell. Sean somehow got it. He got like a view of the mask where he could see his face or something like that. But um, I'm pretty sure that one would, was a lot harder to tell because more of the more of the mask covers his face and it's harder to tell. So, uh, but that is who that is. But per your uh, earlier in the day request, Jenny, we will call him King Cuerno here Thank on you. this podcast. Um, but like I said, he's taking on Drago. Uh, pre-match, Striker says Drago looks like he's a member of Guar. So I know sure that, that popped Jenny uh, super hard. Uh, wrote it so, down. <laughs> I had to write that one down as soon as he said that. I had to rewind because I didn't really hear it at first. And I was like, did he just say Guar? <laughs> um, but I knew you would pop for that one. Um, but this one's incredibly fast paced. Uh, Drago tries to uh, use his speed to catch Cuerno off guard, while uh, Cuerno is more physical and methodical with kind of his offense, kind of playing off the uh, big game hunter that his character kind of seems to be. Um, seems like every time Drago gets some momentum, Cuerno kind of cuts him off. Uh, I thought Cuerno rubbing the laces of his wrist, wrist guards across the eyes of Drago was really, really awesome and kind of mm-hmm. looked unpleasant feeling uh, for poor Drago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cuerno pulls the ref down in front of him uh, to kind of cut Drago off, but instead Drago springboards off the back of the ref and nails a Hurricane Rana, followed with an awesome dive to the outside. Um, Drago then throws him back in the ring, kind of taunts, uh, taunts a little bit, allowing Cuerno to recover hit his insiguri followed by a suicide dive. Um, another great chop that kind of reverberated throughout the temple. I, I love all the chops that they've been bringing out so far. Um, Quano gets a little overconfident himself and kind of taunts a little bit uh, before whipping Drago into the rope. Uh, Drago then springboards off the middle rope, hits an arm drag, and then quickly transitions into an awesome little inside cradle and takes the one. So Drago uh, actually ends up impressing Cueto. So, um, but I was kind of surprised to see Cuerno lose his first match, but um, I think they will have uh, more matches going forward and he may be able to get his win back. But uh, Jake, what do you think of this one? Yeah, Drago's awesome. He's so fast. Like, he's ridiculous. <laughs> the, um, I thought I wasn't super impressed with Cuerno. Like, uh, yeah. the I thought the backstory wasn't as interesting as, like, what we saw. Like, everything about him came off as, like, great value, uh, Mil Mertes, because he's like, <laughs> He's kind of supposed to be like this brick shit house, but like I thought in ring he was kind of stiff, like not quite as imposing and, and mm-hmm. good. Um, but they had a good little power versus speed match going on here. Like uh, I, I like the spot where he like no sells the Rana because yeah. like he's like too, you know, like he can't get him down, which is cool. I feel like you don't see that enough. Like usually the big guys just kind of roll with it. So that was a cool little spot. But uh, yeah, I just thought he was a little bit stiff in the ring. Uh, and I was not expecting Drago to win anyway. He's a good underdog. Like, you felt like mm-hmm. he was fighting from underneath the whole time. And mm-hmm. he looks great, too. Like, uh, and but this was the only, you know, the commentary, this is the first match where they really were, like, irking me. Like, <laughs> like um, you had Striker, like, mansplaining Lucha for, like, the 18th time since the show started. <laughs> like, uh, you see his war Like, that was too much. And then... Like they do the whole thing about uh Cuerno being a hunter, like and he comes out with a deer head and uh Vampire goes, 
oh, I think he kind of looks like a hunter. Like, no shit. Huh? Like, he's, <laughs> like, thanks, vamp, for the uh, thanks for the key detail, buddy. So, <laughs> they're kind of grading on me on this one. But I went two and a half just because I wasn't super impressed with Preno. But Drago is uh, he rules, and I thought it was a good showcase for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quirino definitely has that kind of methodical style. It's kind of based on the big game hunter thing. You have to kind of be uh, coy in how you take down these big, uh, big monsters and beasts in the in the, uh, in the wild. But uh, Jenny, what did you think of this one? I, I think I liked it a touch more. Um, maybe the Guar reference uh, bumped it up for me, but <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, not not quite as good as not by a bit uh, as good as Pentagon and Phoenix, um, uh-huh. but. But his Drago's gimmick and his look uh, matches his wrestling, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. um, I feel like he he did that great dive, um, very physical, but kind of a big, bigger, solid guy. Mm-hmm. Um, even though King is a little bit taller than him, he didn't have near the power, I felt mm-hmm. like, that Drago yeah. does. So um, he was uh, kind of like a step down, even from that, you know, so... Um, feel like Drago's too good for this and maybe a little step behind the other two. I don't know. Do you guys see them as kind of equally there or would you put one or the over the other at this I, point? I think Penta and Phoenix are definitely above Drago at this point. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's super far behind, but um, I do think mm-hmm. Penta and Phoenix are... Uh, I like that he's a bit different. He felt like he... Like in my head, he felt like smaller and quicker, like a little bit, mm-hmm. like yeah. that was more style, maybe. So, I, but yeah, definitely, like they seem like they're a bit on another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're. I, I'd say they're pretty head and shoulders above pretty much everybody except maybe Puma. Um, sad we didn't get Puma on these two episodes, but right. um, them three are definitely the guys that you kind of see, and you're like, oh yeah, these are gonna be the these are gonna be the guys going forward uh, when you when you first see them and see their matches. So. Um. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. They stand out above, but I don't think Drago super far behind them at the same time. So, but um. Yeah. Um. But we go to a backstage segment after this. Uh, it's Conan and Puma kind of talking again. Uh, Conan uh, tells him to stay out of the main event, no matter what. Uh, or no matter how much Mundo's kind of getting his butt kicked by uh, Dario's three guys, uh, Rick, Cortez, and uh, Cisco. Um, Puma then doesn't respond to anything Conan says. So Conan says, he'll leave him to train, but remember, listen to my advice. So, um, he leaves him with that. I love his cane. I love Conan with yeah, his cane. Awesome, yes. I was going to say, just think, this is like eight years after what we're watching in TNA, and he's like 800 years more old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I think he's, start, like he's starting to break down in 06. But he's like, like Mr. Mr. Miyagi or something. Yes! <laughs> Yes. Latino Mr. Miyagi Conan. There you go. <laughs> but um, Jake, just quick, what did you think of this little segment between Puma and Conan before we get to the main event? Yeah, I mean, it was okay. It kind of lets you know where we're going with the main event. Gives you an idea of what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I think Conan, he continues to, he's good at this. I guess he's in his element. Like, he's just I think this is a great role for him. And uh, yeah, it's weird because Puma's kind of a mute. So he's like, try- and he has a mask on. So it's like hard for him to show emotions, really. Like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Jenny, what'd you think? Yeah, I love how he just kept working out and not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Like, are you a teenage boy? Do you hear when people talk to you? Um, what an athlete. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, does he eventually talk? I believe so. 
I, okay. I can't super remember off the top of my head. He doesn't talk much when he does talk, but I think he does eventually talk for sure. Um, he lets his uh, in-ring work uh, do the talking. So, <laughs> um, I really we'll, liked it, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but we'll move on into our main event. Uh, it is going to be Big Rick versus Johnny Mundo. Um, Striker before the match says Rick is a combination of Kimbo Slice and Suge Knight. Uh, I thought that was a hell of a comparison just out of just name every big black guy you know uh, yeah just the two most <laughs> random people he could put together <laughs> in a comparison but yeah just good lord um but to start the match mundo kind of keeps his distance with some kicks um i feel like when mundo uh, uses his strike and speed he can keep rick at a distance and control the match uh but kind of it seems like anytime he goes in uh, and gets close to rick rick kind of makes him pay some big strike it's in huge power moves um, Mundo hits a has, hits big move after big move, uh, including the moonlight drive and his version of the, the disaster kick on Rick, uh, but he won't stay down. Um, we then cut to the back, and Cisco and Castro are actually taking out Puma. They're kind of throwing him up against the lockers, um, kind of beating him down on the ground. Uh, those two then come out and attack Mundo, uh, and we get our first uh, Lucha Underground disqualification. Um, he tries to save them off. Uh, by himself, uh, but he actually ends up falling victim to the numbers game. Uh, they then get a table out, and uh, Rick hits a huge Uranagi slam uh, through the table to close the episode. So, um, Mundo actually wins by disqualification, but Big Rick and uh, the crew uh, end up uh, on top at the end of the episode. So, um, Jenny, I'll go to you first. Um, what did you think of the episode as a whole, and what did you think of this last uh, match? I felt like this was sort of a downer ending. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a fan. Not a fan of the match, really. It's kind of boring for me. Um, mm-hmm. Mundo's okay, but he... Eh, I don't know. The, there was no chemistry or kind of heat on this or anything. Yeah. Like, I, I, Considering he went, he barged into Dario's office to demand this match and then put on this shit, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a lame way to go about it so yeah. maybe the maybe they're gonna move on like i don't i don't want to linger in this feud at all mm-hmm. so um it's kind of real disappointing the brawl was okay um mm-hmm. the putting through the table that that helped my feelings a little bit mm-hmm. but um i, I just kind of went two on it mm-hmm. and uh but overall man it was it was a great episode too like i love i love the women um showing out um Pentagon and Phoenix was awesome. Drag, I mean, it was another fucking amazing episode, like 8 out of 10. All right. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with Jenny. I thought the ending was not, I mean, it wasn't terrible, yeah. but it was kind of like, it didn't blow me away. Like, I think this was like, because they kind of built uh, Big Rick as the, uh, Big Dick Rick as the, uh, the leader <laughs> of his posse, but he didn't like come off that way in the match. Like, he came off like, like unmotivated big show like he's real basic yeah. he didn't have a lot of intensity to him uh but i you know it's what was your it's what you expected like mundo it had like some kicks and stuff trying to like knock the big guy down and like dodge yeah. to make sure he didn't like get a kill sh- like uh rick didn't get him with the kill shot it was fine and then the you know it's what you expect with puma getting jumped because you figured he might get involved because it conan told him not to so he's gonna do it um, the table bump was real good though. I thought, uh, the way he split that table was great. Like the table yeah, completely like split in half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was good. 
Another striker, he says, on the clothesline, straight out of Compton. So he's eh, questionable. Oh, uh, yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah. So just battle with something. But yeah. But despite that, uh, a very uh, ring heavy episode, I thought, compared to the, yep. the other mm-hmm. one. But it mm-hmm. kept everything rolling. They, they did enough to keep the angles going. We got some banger matches. So I went to touch lower because I didn't feel like it was, there's was a few like, uh, I wasn't quite as high on some of the stuff, uh, so I ended up going seven out of ten. But still, a very good for a you know again a forty minute TV show. Yeah, I'd probably split the difference between you guys. I'd probably go seven and a half out of ten. Um, I definitely have a lot of the same thoughts as y'all did, and and with the main event, I you know Mundo promised so much violence that he was going to bring right. towards Big Rick. I don't really mm-hmm. feel like he worked the match that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this really should have been more of a fight, and maybe. Muna gets disqualified pretty quick. It just beats the shit out of with a chair mm. or yeah, some, yeah. some kind of weapon or some sort. I don't really think this warranted being like a match match. Um, but um, I, I think I think we'll get a, a kind of stipulation match uh, maybe on the next episode uh, to kind of move this thing a little bit forward. Um, but yeah, definitely a kind of a downer way to end the episode. But I thought everything else was really strong. Um, we got another great uh, Phoenix and Penta match. So um, yeah, just good stuff. I think this was two really good episodes to kind of start off off on for you guys. So um, really, really happy with how that how it all went. Um, but yeah, just another strong episode uh, off the back of that other one. Um, but we'll move on into some awards. Um, just a few here. Um, best match. I went with uh, the Phoenix Pinta one on one match. Um, Jake, what'd you go with? Yeah, it was almost a tie for me, but I ended up leaning with the triple threat just because it was uh, got the main event spot and you got the big dive off the uh, office. All right, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with that one as well. All right, um, best moment. I went with kind of Cueto's crew standing tall at the end, Big Rick with the big slam through the table. I know it, the match didn't really work out, but I think it kind of put them over uh, standing tall there at the end. But uh, Jenny, what would you go with as your best moment? I'm gonna go with the big dive. All right, mm-hmm. Jake, what about you? Yep, same. I want to dive also. I got you. All right. Uh, favorite favorite cin- cinematic scene? I went with uh, Chavo walk through the hallway. I thought that was really well done with the f- light flicker and all the stuff. No, I did not vote for it for the lick, uh, mm. despite what some may say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do really think that was really well done. Um, but Jake, what was your favorite kind of cinematic scene that they did? Um, I guess if it counts, I'm going to go with the uh, the backstory for uh, for Mill Mortez yeah. because okay. mm, that yeah, was that awesome. That was good. one of my favorite things on of anything they did. Me too. Okay, so that's what you go with too, Jenny. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, the last uh, award we have is kind of uh, you know, like I said in the last episode, linking up Lucha kind of sounds like a dating app uh, for Luchadors. Kind of sounds like a little bit of a dating game. So our last award here is our three that we're going to pick as our best uh, performers for the night, uh, and then we're going to pick one of those out to be our gentleman that we're going to take home with us, aka our MVP. So uh, Jenny, who are your three bachelors or bachelorettes, and who is <laughs> who are you going to take home tonight? Um, well, I'm going to go Sexy Star, uh, I'm going to go Phoenix, and Dario. All right, and who are you taking home? Mm, Phoenix. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jake, what about you? Um, I went with, uh, it's hard to separate Katrina and Mill, but I went with Mill just because the backstory and he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoenix, and I'm going to give it to Drago because he was awesome in his matches and I love the gear in him with the tongue and the whole, the whole <laughs> deal. I gotcha. Who would be your MVP? 
I probably have to go Phoenix. I think he's positioned like he. They're definitely positioning him as like the star, and he was great in both matches. Yeah, I got you. Definitely for sure. I, I went with. Uh, I just went with the triple threat guys. I went with Drago, Penta, and Phoenix. Thought they all really uh, blew it out of the water in their matches. Um, but obviously, with you guys, I went with Phoenix as my uh, take home MVP. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely a unanimous one there. He definitely blew. Yeah. Everybody out of the water for sure. What you? What were you gonna say? The, the the maskless people need to step their shit up. Right. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Everybody with a mask is killing it. <laughs> these unmasked people are are dogging it. Mundo they, and Rick and all these guys. Mm-hmm. They either need to get people better or they need to just get masks themselves. You know, <laughs> maybe that's the power. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But um, I'm glad y'all enjoyed y'all's uh, episodes that we talked about tonight. But uh, we will go around for plugs before we go home. But uh, Jake, what you got? Yep, do Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast uh, here on the North-South Connection. Um, Going to be heading towards Bad Blood 2003. And uh, besides a bunch of pods I do with Logan, I also do PTB NXT with uh, you, Jenny, where we're going through NXT. Uh, drops once a month, hopefully, on the uh, Place to Be Nation Wrestling uh, feed. All right, Jenny, what about you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at the once a month part. Uh... <laughs> Quotation marks. My shows, <laughs> my shows are, uh, <laughs> every Wednesday right here on North South Connection. Um, you could find um, you heard about Pluto and GC Dub and um, Talking Docs that I do with Logan, and I'm um, gonna be firing up a couple new projects here coming up. Uh, in in addition to this fine thing, which honestly, um. I put off until today, which you knew that, and mm-hmm. I'll say I'm not going to watch it till like day of recording because I did not know that I was going to fall in love, and then I did. <laughs> so, um, just add it to the list of obsessions, um, mm-hmm. and I'm like super thrilled about it. Yeah, I'm glad you weren't like that uh, prick uh, Scott Shiflet that hates it, <laughs> hates it off the top. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, nah, he you will learn balance to out all the all the shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought at least one of y'all may be down on it, but uh, he was not the one that I thought. I think uh, we no. did. We did get the better episodes. To be oh, fair. absolutely. Like, like there, we got like they kind of got the exposition, and now we're mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think y'all got the better episodes for sure. But I mean, schedules, that's just how it worked out. So I didn't pick, I didn't, you know, <laughs> I didn't lay it out to where they would get the worst episode or the, you know, the, the, the less. We're the favorites. We know. Yeah, we already know. 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 Teacher's pets. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but Jake kind of said we do a ton of pods together. The uh, main one we do together is Highway to the Impact Zone. That's on the Place to Be Nation Wrestling feed. Uh, we talk about tna uh, we're in 2006 we just did the slam anniversary 2006 episode that should come out pretty soon um and then jenny talked about it a little bit but talking docs is one that we do um our most recent one that we recorded was about waco and i think we're actually moving to a little bit of a happier subject of animals uh, going forward but um or just nature documentaries i think is kind of what we're going to go with but um yeah just check out everything on north south connection check out everything on the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed and pop feed. Um, thank you for joining us once again, and come back when we return to the temple.